grab a shoe or a slipper because you're going to want to throw it at whatever device you listen to this podcast on. Today I'll be telling you about my latest BookBub promo, the first time I've ever had one for my sci-fi books. But I made a cock-up and it's cost me 30-40% to of my income. I'll tell you more shortly. Welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 122 for Saturday the 13th of October 2018. And of course, this podcast episode is going to be about my BookBub promo, but I've got loads of other general writing news anyway, and I'm almost tempted to make this a bit of a cliffhanger and not tell you about the BookBub story that I teased you with right at the beginning of the podcast, but I'm going to put you out of your misery and I will tell you what's been going on. So, to the BookBub. First ever BookBub for a sci-fi book on Wednesday. Uh, had three weeks notice, plenty of time to get ready, Paul. And the stats are pretty good, to be honest with you. But I made a big mistake. You'll remember last week, I was telling you how I've been chasing Amazon to get the book put on, well, for free, on all of the outlets. So I needed it for a book bub to be free on UK, USA, Canada, India, and Australia. Those are the platforms, the outlets that they stipulate. And of course, because I'm wide, I had to be free on all the others, uh, iBooks, Barnes & Noble, all the others. So I've been so busy chasing this this Amazon thing. And as predicted last week, it's all gone quiet. They haven't managed to solve the Australian issue. So I got a email from BookBub earlier this week saying, just a reminder, we're going live on Wednesday let us know if there's any problems. And I was going to try and decide whether to say something or not, but I thought, do you know, I want to keep a good relationship with BookBub. So I sent them an email and I said, I've, got, I've had a real stinker of a problem with Amazon and I can't, I just, I don't think this is going to be ready in Australia in time. And, and really interestingly, this is the second time this has happened with BookBub. I get a really nice email back saying, you know, sorry to hear that. It sounds like you've had a, a bit of a problem with, with Amazon. Uh, it just won't be available in Australia, but we will keep you on Amazon. We'll keep to pro promoting you in Amazon. We just won't have, I don't know how they do it, whether it's a geolink or something like that, but we just won't promote you in Australia. So it's like, wow, that was fantastic. Now, the last time I had a problem with BookBub was, again, it was my mistake. So I was doing, uh, I was doing book promos on Don't Tell Meg, and I'd accidentally, I'd duplicated one to use with another author to target and I duplicated the wrong one so it said the book was free when the book wasn't free it was 99 pence or cents and so BookBub got back to me and said oh there's been a you know a bit of a uh, there's an issue with this it's it, you're sending people saying it's free and it's not and I, I thought oh you know mistake so I just got back to them because I want to keep a good relationship with them and apologized and I got a lovely email back saying you know no problem it happens so I've had two sort of experiences with BookBub now where frankly if they'd wanted to get all stroppy with me, they'd have been perfectly entitled to. And I'm comparing this with my recent experience with Amazon and my very sad experience with Facebook. So if you look at um, the Facebook scenario, um, Facebook believe I've done something wrong. And their approach to that has been, right, block the account. 
won't have a conversation with you, won't tell you what it was. Which I still find, actually, don't go all angry, Paul, but I still find it remarkable. So I've put Facebook behind me. Um, you know, I've changed my relationship status on Facebook. We're no longer a couple. And, you know, I, and I'm trying not to think about it too hard, but I keep thinking, why on earth did you do that? And to me, BookBub is a great example of how you should be if somebody makes an error or a mistake or if you believe they've made an error or a mistake. The first thing you do is you ask an open question and you say, you know, did you realize you'd done this? And then most people are going to say, whoops, didn't realize I'd done that. Very sorry. I'll put it right. And then it's like customer goodwill is maintained and you can continue to spend money with that service. And you also have a good experience. And what I've had with BookBub is a very good experience, bearing in mind it's on me. These problems were on me, not on them. And um, so I'm, I've been extremely impressed with BookBub. I think they're great. And that's what I expect from a business, whereas I didn't get that from Facebook at all. And um, Amazon, frankly, have just dragged their feet on this problem. Um, you know, I told them the minute I got the uh, the book bub, you know, I had three weeks notice of this. I was saying to them that, that this is coming up and I got a problem. I can't see it in these territories. They fixed a couple of territories, but they've just completely gone through the deadline. I counted them down. I told them when it was. I told them how long we had. I told them that it cost me over, you know, 300 quid, whatever it was I've paid um, for the ad. And they've just completely failed, complete fail on Amazon's part. Now, I was doing a podcast interview with Judy Stock earlier in the week, and she's, she's about to do her first wide promo. And I've got to tell you, you know, my learning point from this is if you're, if you're doing a free promo wide, you, you really can't set the books free early enough. Now, when you're in KDP Select, it's dead easy. You just say, I want the book to be free from this date to that date, and it all happens in all territories automatically. But for some reason, it's a pain getting it done when, when you just want to do a, a temporary free promo. It's just such a nuisance. I assumed that when I contacted Amazon to put my book free, they'd do it in all territories automatically. Why, why not? I want that book free. So um, it is, uh, you know, the learning point has to be, please take great care if you're doing a promotion that is wide. You really can't start that process of contacting the various platforms and asking them to set the book to free early enough. But that isn't the cock-up that I made. That's just an ongoing situation. The cock-up that I made was that, wait for it, <laughs> get your shoe ready, get your slipper ready. I completely missed that I hadn't set the book to free in all channels on Apple. And that, based on the Don't Tell Beg promo that I did, where iBooks brought in the same amount of income that Kindle did, that will mean that I've lost 30 to 40% of my income from this particular promo. Now, let me tell you how that happened. And again, when it happens, it's like a dull in draft the digital. Uh, those of you who know draft the digital, the grid was set to free. So the top price, when, you, when I look at it in draft the digital, it says it's $0. Okay, but of course, I hadn't set it in the other territories. And there was no visual reminder of that because when I looked at the grid it said zero just assumed I'd set it all to zero but I haven't um, so the first I knew of that was when I got this email from uh, bookbub the day before saying um, we can't list your book for free on well Amazon Australia which I've already told you about and iBooks all of iBooks they said and I just thought, oh my God, what have I done? Looked at Draft the Digital, thought, hang on, that's free. 
press the button manage territories it, it had prices on all the other territories so cock up <laughs> just a, an honest cock up there's so many blooming moving parts to a, a promo when you're wide if you think about well I, you know i'm going to tell you some other things about this promo too but you've got to sort it out on draft the digital draft the digital feeds uh, barnes and noble and ibooks kobo amazon of course my i've been preoccupied trying to sort amazon thinking everything was fine publish drive and then in a moment or two i'll tell you why i also had to look at google play for because of another problem with delays so um i you know uh, it has been number one uh, in the states and the UK on Amazon. I think it probably still is. I don't know. I haven't even had a look. But but you're gonna you're those of you who've, who've not done this yet are gonna think me. You're gonna think how ungrateful I am with this. I'm just while I'm talking. I'm just gonna be looking at where I am in the charts um, because I, I certainly on promotion day I was at number one in sci-fi. All all, all my. Um, categories i was number one in free on the usa and the uk i didn't dig any deeper than that to be honest with you uh yeah i'm still number one so at the time of, of recording this in the uk i'm number one this is free remember not paid i'm number one for sci-fi for post-apocalyptic and dystopian i'm also i hadn't realized this is quite nice actually i have to get a screenshot of that i'm number 10 free in the whole kindle store for this book so ooh, that's quite nice let's have a quick look at that so i i, I didn't realize that I, I knew it was about 13 or something the other day um, but I am currently in the top 100 free of all Kindle. Am I there? Yes, I am. I am at um, number 10 in the UK just there. So let's go and take a look at Amazon.com and see how I'm doing in Amazon.com. And I was certainly number one in the States the other day. I don't know whether I still am. Let's have a look. Yeah, I'm number one in the States. So in the States, uh, so was it three days? Wednesday, Thursday? It's two days, really, isn't it, in terms of time. Um, I'm number one in sci-fi dystopian and post-apocalyptic in the usa and i'm number 12 in the entire uh, free store on amazon um now those of you who've who've not had that experience yet are going to curse me when i say i'm completely unexcited by that because i've, I've kind of done that before and i'm more cross with myself because that could have been an opportunity for me to get high in the iBooks charts. And frankly, the iBooks charts, when I had Don't Tell Meg in them, I was getting screenshots of my book next to Lee Child and Harlan Coben and some huge authors, just because it's, it's just the way the charts work, it's just slightly different. And I was hoping to get that with my sci-fi book. And of course, now that isn't going to happen because I, I blew it this time around. So you know, I don't mean to sound ungrateful because Amazon has been good and I'm very, you know, I, of course I'm happy with those chart positions. That's fabulous because that keeps the impetus going, but that's not what I wanted from this promo particularly. Um, I think, you know, I think I've probably done that before on a free book, so I've been fairly, fairly close to it. So uh, was it last week I was saying to you, you know, I do think that you move your your goals, you move the goalposts for yourself. At one stage, I would have been absolutely delighted at that. That would have been an amazing achievement. But because I've done it before, I kind of know the game now. You don't need that many um, free downloads to get to, to number one in your in your category. And what I really what I really want now is I want to be number. I want to be high and next to some really kind of influential authors on iBooks to get those great screenshots because they look really good. Um, and that was an excitement last time with the Don't Tell 
Meg promo. That's a really good thing to do. But also the other thing I want to do is I want to get a bestseller tag on a sold book. You know, so I've had enough of free. I, you know, I know I could do free, um, and, and it only has limited value. I want to be doing sales now. I, I need to be moving into the sales. That's where my new excitement is. So apologies if I sound like I'm ungrateful. Um, but, um, you know, I, I don't want to be sort of like a dog that performs the same tricks all the time. I need to learn some new tricks as far as my author career is concerned. Now, um, there are some uh, interesting stats. I wanted to tell you that before I give you the stats, because you need to put some context on that. So last time, you know, I had a lot of downloads on, on iBooks. Now, here is the anomaly with that. The anomaly. Anomaly. I think I said that correctly. Um, on the BookBub site and in the email they sent out, that did not have a link to iBooks. They just completely left the link off entirely. And I, I had thought, oh, maybe they might put it on to the USA, but they didn't. They just left the iBooks link out. And I just, oh, crikey. You know, I really wanted that. Um, but strangely, I have had loads of downloads on iBooks. I can only assume that, you know, people on, um, you know, BookBub have gone to look um, because there was no direct traffic being driven there or within iBooks' own infrastructure. That's what's happened. The other thing I need to tell you is that um, Draft the Digital, at the time of recording this, I only got one day of results. I've only had... The, the results for the 10th, which was the Wednesday. I haven't got Thursday and Friday results in yet. So the uh, numbers I'm going to give you for iBooks and Barnes and & Noble are lower than they should be. So let me just give you the numbers then. Um, on Kindle, since this, so this is in two days, so this is literally um, 48 hours. This is 48 hours since the promo. I've had 21,712 free downloads on Kindle. On iBooks, and I say I don't really know how I've done this. This was on one day. This was on uh, sort of Wednesday lunchtime, whenever it is, to choose uh, to Thursday lunchtime. I've had one thousand five hundred and eighty-four downloads on iBooks. One day in one day, uh, again Wednesday to Thursday. This is the stats that come through draft to digital. I've had nine hundred and twenty-five downloads on Barnes and Noble. I had two thousand two hundred and eight on Kobo. That's over the the 48-hour period, I think. And on Publish Drive, not really quite sure what this period is, but on Publish Drive, which, of course, um, I'm published on Google Play, I had 2,432 downloads. So over 48 hours, I've probably broken 30,000 downloads, I'm guessing. But um, the number I can give you right now is I've had uh, 28,861 downloads. Um, so I'm not really quite sure what happened with the iBooks there. I can only assume that, you know, that's people kind of clicking through, reading through what, whatever happens. But there was no direct promo to iBooks. And actually, when I um, was preparing the, the numbers for this, I thought, oh, actually, I'd have to have a little look at iBooks and see whether I've, I've done very well. The other problem with iBooks, incidentally, which is really frustrating, I blooming hate Apple. I hate Apple. It's so darn complicated. Um, sorry, little rant there. But I do hate Apple. Uh, everything they do is overcomplicated. Um, the reason that I got caught out with the draft of digital listing is that, as far as I was concerned, when I looked at the marketplace I'm able to look at uh, on Apple, on a on a normal PC, I didn't know there was even any difference between the marketplaces. So when I looked at it and checked it, it was free on Apple. It says free. When I click on my link on draft digital, it says I am free at the iBook store. So the only time I knew there was anything wrong was when I got that. That, that just before the, the promo kind of email, when it was too late, I changed the prices immediately, but it was too late to hit the email. It, it takes 24 hours, 48 hours 
for the updates to take effect on Draft the Digital, I couldn't turn it around in, in time. Um, so, so not only was there, you know, would anything have flagged that problem to me beforehand? Because as far as I was aware, I was free on iBooks. Um, it was too late because it's too slow to change the prices by the time I, I knew that. So it's just where we are now. Again, a lot of you will be saying, what are you moaning about, Paul? You know, that's 28,861 free downloads and the associated buy-throughs. You're going to get through that. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I, I can't remember my numbers from the others, but I think that I, I think I did about thirty-one thousand, if I remember, uh, when I did the when I did um, when I was in KDP Select with the first book bub that I did on Don't Tell Meg. I'm sure it was thirty-one thousand, something like that, and I'm sure it was something fairly similar on the last one I did wide. By the time you added it all up, so it, it doesn't feel like there's any massive penalty there, and actually that's a lot more than I thought that I would do on a sci-fi book. So so I, I'm not unhappy with it. I'm just frustrated with myself um, for missing, you know, missing the, the iBooks. But I, you just have to view every single thing here as a lesson learned. You, you know, how would I, how would I know that? How would I know to specifically check that really thoroughly, you know, given the information I had? I will, I'll tell you next time I'll check it. And I hope that when you're listening to this, you'll be wiser when you do it. You won't get caught out the same way. But there you go. You know, we just have to live with it, don't we? I, but I would suspect my income's down thirty to forty uh, percent. But 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 I I can't really kind of say that with any degree of confidence yet, because I thought I'd have virtually no downloads on iBooks, and that when I looked at that fifteen, what is it, one thousand five hundred eighty-four books, not quite sure where they came from, and that that looks okay to me on iBooks. So you know maybe that's a storm in a teacup maybe it will be okay on ibooks and it's too early for me to say yet because i haven't i've only got um on on draft the digital i've only got one day of results so far and that usually just catches the end of a day you want to get your first full day's results in before you could really tell what you've earned so um i am you know i'm i'm giving you early results but it's too early for me really to give you anything massively tangible other than this kind of how many did i doubt get downloaded so um, what did it cost me? It cost me, I think this is right, £416, I think it cost me for the ads. That was an international ad. And I can tell you that by the end of the weekend, just because I know how my money comes in now, and I, I can sort of tell, I get a feel, a feel for it when you've got a promo on, um, I'll have covered that by Sunday. I'm, I'm pretty confident that that will be covered and I'll be making profit from Sunday. So um, again, it's too, it's too early for me to say. Um, you know, I can't tell you this definitively. I could just tell you by feeling um, that I, I'm. I think we're just over three hundred. It's uh, three hundred now from that promo, and I could tell you we'll in that case just from Amazon we'll be over that. Um, we'll be over that by the time we reach Sunday. So um, I am going to cover my costs on this, which of course was my first concern moving into a new genre. Does it, it's so difficult to tell because I am getting buy through. Um, I can see I'm getting buy through. I've even had buy through to the secret bunker, which is great. Um, but I, I just don't have enough uh, details yet because there's delays in reporting on iBooks and Barnes and Noble. Um, Kobo, uh, as I said to you, I, I shifted. How many was it on Kobo? Two thousand two hundred eight. Kobo never feels right to me. You shift that many books, and you, you just don't seem to make any income from Kobo. It just doesn't uh, ring true with me, Kobo. Uh, published drive again i think there's a delay in the reporting so it's reported to me just today because i had no figures for it until this morning um i've got this 2432 um download so that's on google play 
So I have to say, the other thing I haven't told you is that I wanted to get the box set of the grid available and I wanted to get a, a, a sort of a book set with book two and three in because I know that when I do a promo, I, I sell both of those packages. But because, as I've told you, this is the last couple of weeks, Publish Drive, it takes so long for the books to get from Publish Drive into Google Play. What I did to make sure I was ready for this promo was I listed book two and three and books one, two and three. Um, I, I listed them directly in Google Play because the, Google Play pretty well puts them up almost instantly. And I wanted to make sure that they were there for the promo. So I've I've listed them directly on Google Play. So I will have had some income probably from there, but I'm not even looking at that. I just wait and see what they pay me. Um, it's just that the interface is too hard. You know, it's too, so much trouble to see what you've earned. And even then you can only guess at it. I don't really care. It won't be life-changing. It'll just be a nice, you know, it'll be a nice little amount probably um, with Google Play. But um, I will have made some sales there as well. Now, when this dies down, this promo dies down, and I've got more time, I will permanently delist them in the Google Play interface, and I will move them over to Publish Drive and permanently list them on Publish Drive. But I, I couldn't wait the, the up to two weeks you've got to wait for it to go live on Publish Drive or through Publish Drive. So I, I just I just delisted them fast. Now, I also listed books two and three. It wasn't, wasn't available on any of the other channels. I'd never done that as a package before. I had to list them on the other channels. And again, I made another mistake there with Kindle. So I lost some more income there. And that what I forgot to do, I was trying to work out why I hadn't made any sales of the two-pack on, on Kindle, but I had made sales of the three-pack. Uh, the reason for that was I had, I had got the three-pack previously listed on Kindle. Um, but what I'd forgotten to do, although it was live on Kindle, the, the two-box set, I'd forgotten to link it to my Amazon author profile. So of course, when people went to look at my books, it wasn't pulling books two and three in. So there's another lesson to learn that whenever you list anything new on Amazon, you must remember to add it to your Amazon author profile. It won't do it automatically. So again, the minute I realized I'd made that problem, I went into in the UK and the USA, I added it to my Amazon author profile, and I now expect to be making sales at some point of books two and three. But no one could see it. No one could find it until I pulled it in to my author profile. So that was another uh, little mistake that I made there. So, you know, what can I tell you about this? Too early to sell an income yet. It, you know, it's going to bring me, it's going to be a good income month. I don't think it'll be a 5,000. I can't, I can't see how it could possibly be a 5,000 like the, the don't tell Megs were. It won't be that level, but it's too early for me to tell you what I think it might be yet. I, I just can't tell you. So uh, let's wait and see. So wait and see what it does to income. But I think by the time we get to next week's diary, I can probably give you a better indication of what I think that might generate over the next month in terms of book income. It's certainly going to put the income up. It already has put the income up. Um, it, I don't know. It's certainly not going to be a £5,000 month, though, like I got with the thrillers. The other thing I'd say to you about this is that there are so many moving parts when you go wide. You know, there's so many different dashboards you're listed on. There's so many different territories that you've got to make sure that you're converted in. There is a lot to do on when you do a wide promo like this. Now, it's the first time I've kind of done one or I had these errors, these problems, and, and you learn all the time. And, and it's by far from a disaster, as you can hear from the numbers there, but it, it's annoying. It's just annoying to know that I could have had more Apple income. And again, um, I think last time when I did the Don't Tell Meg when I was wide, I think I was I pretty well ignored iBooks and Barnes and Noble income because I didn't think there'd be anything. And then I, I got this big income chunk from uh, iBooks and thought, oh, hang on a minute, I hadn't expected that. And 
you know, and, and, and then in the last promo, the iBooks income actually was the same. Was it slightly more? It was certainly the same, if not slightly more than the Amazon income. So um, I, I don't know yet. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. But I was in, I was talking to, to Julie Stock, uh, doing an interview with Julie earlier in the week, and we were talking about this. And it's so it, the the easy way would be just to go back to KDP Select. That's the easy way. I'm not sure it's the right way, but I can tell you it's the easy way. It's like having I don't know. It's like having somebody taking care of you. You know, it's like going back to your mum's, which where you know she cooks the dinner and things like that, and you're perfectly capable of doing it. You've done it for years as an adult, but it's like you're being looked after, and that's what it's like. At Amazon, they look after you. They take care of everything. You don't have any of these hassles when you're with KDP Select. And, and that's why it gets you. And, of course, you know, I also miss the page reads. I'm not getting the page reads either. Uh, so it's it's very difficult. I, I know my gut tells me, my or common sense tells me, that it makes more sense to build your author platform wide. But it's so much easier when you're in KDP Select. That's how they get you. So anyhow, those are my thoughts on it. I'll let you know how we're going next week and give you a little bit more detail about that. So let's get on to some general writer news then. And again, there's, there's lots of it to share with you. Uh, just wanted to mention that I my episode on time management is going to be broadcast on John Cronshaw's podcast, Stop Booking Around, on the 16th of October, which is next Tuesday. So it's Tuesday. If you want to catch that, it's specifically on time management, that particular uh, issue. So that's Stop Booking Around, John Cronshaw, 16th of October. Um, got a really uh, interesting email this week, um, fascinating email, which was just making a point about being traditionally published and about being self-published. And it was from Ian Schofield, who writes to me from time to time with uh, you know thought-provoking emails. And I asked him if he'd mind me sharing his thoughts on, on this. So he says, Hi Paul, I've just finished reading Panic Room by Robert Goddard. It's his latest thriller and is currently on sale on Kindle for 99 pence. I've read some of Goddard's books in the past, and although this is not one of his best, I still enjoyed it. However, there is an issue. The pivotal character in the story is a disgraced Anglo-Swiss pharmaceutical entrepreneur called Jack Harkness. Ring any bells? Now, I didn't watch the BBC Torchwood series featuring the character of Captain Jack Harkness, who first appeared in Doctor Who, by the way, but I did recognise the name. I'm assuming Robert Goddard didn't watch the series either, and he just liked the sound of the name. But it left me with two observations. What is the point of a traditional publisher if they don't check and pick up on these issues before publication? I'm assuming they didn't, because the name is such a distraction from the story. Um, and Ian says, I keep seeing John Barrowman, who's the actor, the English actor who plays that role. And B, independent authors would do well to Google character names before they publish, just to make sure they know who else shares that name. Imagine the character of a cuddly, avuncular head teacher in a kid's book called James Savile, for instance. Now, again, if you're in the UK, you, you'll know just what a disaster that would be, because I'm not going to go into the history of that story. But the, the point is absolutely right. Um, it, it's also correct because you've got to watch it for libel as well you have to be aware of names um, if you use a real life name you know, say you came up with the name of a politician and in your fictional story the politician was corrupt but actually the name happened to be a real politician's name then actually uh, it could be claimed that that was libelous if the similarities to the existing politician were great um, so this I think points up it makes a really important case um, and, and also Jack Harkness 
Again, depending on where you live in the world, this might just mean absolutely nothing to you. But in the UK, uh, Captain Jack appeared in, in, in early Doctor Who episodes and then moved on. They got a spin-off series called Torchwood. Um, and, and it's played by an actor called John Barrowman. But you wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to have a character called Bob the Builder or Postman Pat in one of my books because they're, um, well, those, those will actually be licensed characters. I don't know whether Jack... I don't know whether um, Jack Harkness is a licensed character, uh, but you, you've got to watch these things. And if you're traditional, you kind of ex- expect, I think, that somebody's onto this. I mean, if you make, if you make, like I have with me book, but if you make schoolboy, schoolgirl errors when you're self-published, I think you could, to a certain extent, be forgiven for that because you don't have specialist teams to do these things for you. But in this case, very, very interesting. And, and just, I've been reading a thriller this week. I, I can't even remember the title of it, but it doesn't really matter who it was. It wasn't a massively famous author. Uh, but I I spotted a spelling mistake in there, you know, in, 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 a, in a traditional book. So um, I only mentioned that because traditional tend to look down their nose at us. Uh, I don't think we look down our nose at traditional, but I do think they look down their nose at us saying that we're shoddy and poor quality and things like that. But, you know, we're all human and we all make mistakes. So... I think that's, you know, I'm not making a political point here. I just think it's an interesting observation. Um, You'll have heard me ranting, and actually, just while I was talking to you about the Amazon bestsellers that I'm on the, you know, number 12, is it, wherever I am in the USA, when I'm looking at the, this is the, 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 the charts are full of, you know, guys with six packs and things, This these romance books. And, you know, I was having a, a go at, about this last week. I was saying that when I'm taking part in InstaFreebie and book funnel giveaways, they've got all these six-pack guys on the covers. Um, so I got a bit bolshy this week, and I contacted two of the giveaway hosts and said, look, I'm withdrawing from the event because I, I don't want to have my thrillers, my genuine thrillers, uh, connected with these six-pack books. To me, it dilutes my brand. Um, it's a distraction from what we're trying to do. There's absolutely no way that if you read in crime and thrillers that you expect a six-pack on the book, okay? I, you know, there's just... There's absolute, that is not crime and thrillers. If you write in that genre, you will know that a six-pack has absolutely nothing to do with your audience in crime and thrillers. It needs to be knives, shadowy characters, you know, uh, you, you know the sort of thing. It, it, it needs to be atmospheric of a crime or a thriller. It does not want a six-pack on there. So, um, and it was very interesting, actually, because um, I, I was very polite about it, but I just thought it said in book funnel give feedback to the organizer as to why you're withdrawing from the giveaway and i was very polite about it and i said i'm just not taking part in giveaways that have these six packs on anymore you know because it's a it's a brand issue as far as i'm concerned it does us all a disservice if you list those books and uh, they were both very polite and they both recognized the problem uh, i go back to what i said uh, last week which is that when you run a giveaway you are the landlord of a pub and you get the behavior that you allow so I would be, if I was organising a giveaway, I would just uh, very politely decline any covers that weren't genre-specific. And in fact, I've I've knocked back covers that, frankly, were just crap before in my giveaways, you know, because I don't want to be associated with rubbish. And, and all the other authors have gone out the way to put decent covers and pay for covers on their books. And you get one terrible one that looks like it's been drawn by a kid. And you think, well, you know, I'm not putting that in because it brings the standard down. So I have knocked people back in my giveaways. Um, and I take you back to my my pub landlord. You know, when you run a Facebook group, when you run any kind of a group where people come into it, uh, you get the behaviour that you expect of them, and so you need to be strict about things like that. So um, I've I'm one of those giveaways, by the way. I'd I'd complimented the host on the excellent, absolutely excellent graphics, because this is another thing I've got about these book funnel giveaways. 
is that sometimes the promo graphics they give you are rubbish. Again, they look like being put together by kids. Um, in one of the giveaways I had to withdraw from, it was a crying shame because I just complimented her on the excellent quality of the promo graphics that she provided for it. So it was a real crying shame for me to to then withdraw from that giveaway. But the lady was very good about it. And she said, I'm aware of this. And actually, ne next time we run one, I'll be on top of this. So um, I, I think it is... If you're taking part in these giveaways and you see a similar thing, I think if we all start asking for that politely, um, then we need to start knocking all these romance novels. I mean, I'm, I'm sick of them. They're all over the blasted place. They're contaminating, uh, they're contaminating the wrong categories on Amazon. They're all over the place, and uh, I got absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing against romance, but stick it in the right category. That's all I'm, all I'm saying. <laughs> you know. Um, I don't think that's that's unreasonable. Uh, and so people who want that can find it in the right place. Anyhow, mini rant there. Sorry about that. Um, who else has been getting in touch? Oh, yes, I just wanted to say, uh, I just wanted to let you know, you know I said about BookBub uh, being very nice. I just thought I'd read you the email that they sent. Uh, I've just cut and pasted this a bit low. should have mentioned this earlier. It says, uh, hi, Paul. Thank you so much for getting in touch here. I'm sorry to hear about the issues getting your book discounted. That sounds very frustrating. To clarify, we will not pull your entire feature if you don't get Australia updated in time. Instead, we will simply remove Australia from the promotion. I hope you can get this sorted out with Amazon. Wishing you the best of luck with the promotion. Now, isn't that just the kind of email that you would like to receive from someone you've just paid 400 quid to? You want a constructive and friendly approach, okay? And I know I'm having a go here, and I have got a platform, so I will continue to have a go at Facebook about this. Um, why couldn't Facebook have said that to me? If they got a problem with anything I was doing, because I still don't know what the problem is, remember, why could they have not just reached out to me and said something like that? We've got a problem with this, Paul, or this is against our guidelines. Don't know whether you realise that. Um, we need to put it right. You know, what, what's wrong with that? It's just basic business, isn't it? Basic courtesy. I'm ranting a bit today. I need to stop ranting. Um, so let's get on to uh, Google Pay. Got paid some back pay from Google Pay. Uh, Play, I beg your pardon. Google Play. I use Google Pay to pay for things. I use Google Play to list books. So Google Play. Um, and uh, th so this is the, the first cash from the promo, plus some money I had accruing in there. And again, if, if you remember from last week, I said to you that it wasn't being paid. Why wasn't it being paid? Was it the wrong card? Something like that. Um, and I'd said to you that I hadn't got a notification to say that there was a problem. So it had been accruing small amounts of, of income and I just hadn't realised I wasn't getting paid. So I got paid this week, but wait for it. Another new problem of being wide. Um, I don't know about you, but you know when you do these tax questionnaires for the USA? I had to do a tax questionnaire for the USA in Google. And I haven't got a blooming clue, have you? When they're saying, I mean, I, I get that I'm like a non-UK citizen. And I don't pay tax in the UK, and I don't have a business in the UK, in, in the USA. So I get that a bit. But on the Google Play, just like their dashboard, it's just as complicated. I'm looking at these things, thinking I haven't got a bloody clue. I haven't got a clue what these things are. And and I've got one of these. What's it called? An EIN number. So I I rang the the revenue, whatever they call it in 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 the states. I got an EIN number, a tax exempt number, which I could just put in and, and get my tax exemption, so they don't withhold my tax. So it should be easy. But even reading the form that I got issued from the the it's IRS, isn't it? IRS of the USA. Even the form that I've got, I still can't figure out what the heck I'm supposed to be filling in with Google Play. So I like you know like you do. I thought well you know they're not going to take me. They're not going to extradite me for eighty quid's worth of income. Hopefully, um, so. I, I take I do do my best guess and make it go away. 
Um, but my account got into review this week, and they've told me have another go, Paul. <laughs> Whatever I did, I did something wrong. So I've got to go back. And when I Google how to fill in Google Play in the UK, I can't find anything on it. So I'm just going to have to guess again and hope hope the problem goes away. You know, basically, so long as I don't pay tax in the UK, it's all legit. I don't need to be paying tax because I got this EIN number, and I just got to fill in whatever means I don't pay tax, and they get my EIN number on record. So. Um, again, another frustration of being wide. Something um, occurred to me uh, this week when I was I was chatting to Julie Stock, and um, it was the first time Julie had been interviewed for a podcast, which I was surprised about because she's got uh, several books out now. And it just made me think, um, the last three people that I've interviewed, John Evans, Julie Stock and Nathan Burroughs, none of whom you've heard yet, by the way, it was their first podcast interview ever. And you've, you'll have heard me say on this uh, podcast. I'm always really proud of the number of regional accents that we've got on this podcast. It's not just um, you know American accents and Southerners, which many podcasts are. We've had some proper northern, many many northern accents um, on this podcast and Scottish accents as well. And I, I'm just really pleased with that. It's um, it's it's not it's not sort of coincidental. It is it is quite proactive on my part. Um, but the other thing I hadn't realised, never really thought about this, is how many um, authors. I've done their first ever podcast interview with, and I, this has never really occurred to me. It's only because I had a run of three people who've been, you know, quite nervous about doing a podcast for the first time, and then I, you know, so I've I've kind of reassured them in the way I used to have to reassure uh, people who were first time uh, interviewees when I was on the BBC, and and then at the end of it they say, oh, you know, it's dead easy, it's great, uh, it was really, it was much easier than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but again, I'm, I'm sort of quite pleased with that because. Uh, I was just thinking, I, was, I think it was Julie I was saying to, you know, none of these writers would have got on a podcast uh, or any other podcast I'm aware of because everybody just does people who are earning zillions of dollars. Uh, I don't think, I don't, I mean, I might be wrong with this, but I don't think there's another outlet um, for people who, who are so new to self-publishing because my, my criteria is basically you have to have self-published a book and have, have made at least a sale. So you can talk to me you know, about how you sold your book. And I also expect you to have a platform. I expect to be able to find you on the web because it's, it's useless for me if, if, I, if you've got no web presence because I can't promote you. I can't, I can't help you in any, any way, really, um, if you don't have a web platform. So that's a pretty low threshold, um, uh, you know, to, to, to be on the podcast. And, uh, you know, you must have written and self... I say it's a low threshold. You you know, if you've written, self-published and sold a book, that isn't a low threshold. It's actually a massive achievement. But in terms of, you know, uh, other podcasts, they're generally talking to people who've sold zillions of copies, you know, made a lot of money and are talking about, um, you know, this massive success. So I, I just thought, oh, you know, I'll just take a moment there to just um, celebrate the fact of how many brand new authors whose voices you will never have heard before on another podcast have been on on this podcast and um, I hadn't clocked that myself and I'm really pleased about it and you know I hope I hope <laughs> I hope I hope when I've interviewed you I haven't scared the life out of you so that you've sworn never to do a podcast interview ever again I hope it's been a good first experience on podcasts but uh, uh, I will you know I will continue to proactively do that because I'm not aware and l- let me know if there is another outlet by the way for writers who, who will never have heard of before or heard before and I'll be happy to share that but um, it just feels like that's a good thing to be doing on this podcast 
And I have to say to you, last week I said to you, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be stopping the weekly interviews at the beginning of December. And then who's already gone over committed himself? Um, Somebody contacted me this week who I promised to do a podcast interview with. And uh, I thought, oh, oh, blimey, I forgot to put that on the list. So I've booked that one in. And then I was talking to another writer who I've wanted to get on for a long time, who's a huge supporter of the podcast, who has finally, again, I don't think this this writer had been on a podcast before, had got sweet-talked into it um, at a conference and has now agreed to come on my podcast. So I want to fit those extra two in before we nip off to Spain. So um, you will get some extra podcast interviews. I'm not, just not quite sure how I'm going to share them out at the moment. But this is what tends to happen. You, you, keep, you just keep talking to people who you want to talk to on the podcast. It's difficult to say no or to stop because I, I want to talk to everybody who's got a good story. So, you know, you do end up um, over committing yourself with this. But uh, that, that's not a problem. It just probably means you're going to get a few more interviews than I promised you. Uh, and I'm not quite sure how I'm going to... I'm not sure how I'm going to meter them out at the moment, but I'll, I'll figure that out at some point. Uh, it all really depends on recording schedules and how soon I can get things edited. Okay, I'm just checking my notes. I think that is it for this week. I think that's everything I meant to tell you. Yeah, it is. So um, there's another BookBub down. Oh, one more thing i got to tell you with BookBub. I got straight onto um, BookBub and I have submitted The Secret Bunker to see if I can get a BookBub on that. I'm just going to look at my emails and see if they've got back to me. They haven't. I think last time I spoke to you, they, they got back to me while I was doing this podcast. They haven't got back to me yet. It, it usually takes a couple of days. But I went straight on to uh, BookBub. I've never had a BookBub on the secret bunker before. So I said to uh, BookBub, I, I told them the number of downloads we've just had from the grid. You know, the little note section that I've, I recommended that you put something in. What I did is I just said, you know, I said I just had a promo on the grid. We did however many thousand downloads it is. I'd really love to try the Secret Bunker. So that's the note that I put in. Um, and I'm, I'm going to try and get the Secret Bunker on. Because whatever happens with this promo, however much money it makes or doesn't make, um, what it will do is it will get the number of reviews up on the books. It will get it established in all the different channels like Barnes & Noble and Kobo where it had zero traction before. Hopefully it will get some reasonable reviews. Um, and, you know, that that in turn will help me to sell books on an ongoing basis. Now, the, the Secret Bug has never had that level of traffic before, so I would really love to get that level of traffic over each of my trilogies. So the Don't Tell Me trilogy, the Secret Bunker trilogy, and the Grid trilogy. So the only one I got to go for now is the Secret Bunker trilogy. That's the one I, I got to push for. I can't relist Don't Tell Meg for another six months. I can't relist the grid for another six months. You have to give it a break on BookBub. So I'm just going to be pushing now the secret bunker every month now until I hopefully get a BookBub on it. And if I get a BookBub on it, I'll try not to make the mistakes I made on this one. And I will do all the tricks that I've told you about cross promos, uh, you know, books two and three, books one, two and three together, all the all the little tricks that I've done this time around, I will be doing if I get a BookBub on that. But I'll let you know about that. But the submission went in last night it was the last thing i did last night before i finished okay that is it for this week's paul's podcast diary we've got another guest interview for you coming up on monday and it is nathan burrows with nathan burrows who is a uk thriller writer a long time follower of this podcast we've been chatting to nathan uh, feels like for a long time on twitter 
and we have a great chat about writing and promoting your books. Um, also, Nathan goes into the details of his 99 pence, 99 cents BookBub promo. Now, I've not done one of these before, and Nathan did one of those promos when he had only one book in series. Uh, now, he did more than make his money back, but he'll talk us through the details, what he did and what he would do again in that interview. So that's Nathan Burrows coming up on Monday. Um, looking forward to that. That'll be the Self-Publishing Journeys podcast on Monday, the 15th of October, 2018. I'll be back with another diary update for you next Saturday. Have a great week of writing. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing. In a departure from the normal format, you've got an extra bit at the beginning and an extra bit at the end this week. And you're actually in the after show party segment because you can hear on the microphone, I've actually now got a bowl full of cheesy balls and chipsticks to eat as I, as I edit the podcast. So you're in that part of the show now that you don't normally get to hear. So the reason I'm recording this extra bit is that after I'd recorded the main podcast diary for this week, I discovered, to my great pleasure and surprise, that I'm number one in the sci-fi charts in iBooks. Now, bearing in mind the cock-up I told you about in this podcast, and, and you know, that's for real. I, I, I can't see anywhere in BookBub's promos that they promoted me on iBooks. So don't ask me how I'm at number one in sci-fi in iBooks, but I am. And I've put a screenshot of that on the resources page for this week's diary. And you'll see me there at number one. And there was another lovely, um, I think I'm on our iBooks with these nice kind of compilation charts. And I'm on a chart also with H.G. Wells, Charles Dickens, and Lewis Carroll. That's a sci-fi and fantasy chart, which is just hilarious. It doesn't mean anything, uh, but it's hilarious. It's a great screenshot to get. So I'll put that on the resources page. So you can have a look at it. Do not ask me how that happened because I cannot find anywhere where I was promoted by BookBub on iBooks. All I did when I found out that I'd messed it up was I went straight onto Draft the Digital. I changed the prices on iBooks immediately and just assume, I don't know how long they took to go live, but they usually take, you know, 24 to 48 hours to go live. And here I find that I've had over one and a half thousand books downloaded on iBooks and here I am at number one in the sci-fi charts. So that's mirroring what happened with Don't Tell Meg. And that I am pleased now because you know, I said to you I wasn't that, that I kind of expected to get to number one in the Amazon charts, and I don't mean to sound sort of glib or complacent about that, but I, I know I think I've I've certainly got top three. Can't remember whether I've ever been number one before, but I, I I've been able to get pretty close to that on a free booksy, which is a fraction of the traffic that you get from a bookbub promo. So I kind of would have expected that. Really, it is still very nice. Um, but it's very nice to have got to number one in the iBooks charts because when I started uh, self-publishing three, four years ago, I listed all my books wide. Uh, I hadn't got a clue what I was doing. I just hadn't got a clue how to market them at all and did nothing on those other channels. That's why I ended up going exclusive with Amazon. And now I, I've learned the tricks and I know partially what to do, at least to get some level of activity. Uh, that feels like that's some progress, having got to number one. It's the free book still on iBooks, so it's not that big a deal. But it is still very nice to get to number one in a completely different chart that I've not managed to make any impact on before at all. So that's great news. Um, the other reason I needed to do this extra bit, and I'm, I'm dying to get into me, me cheesy balls and my, 
number <laughs> chip sticks here. And uh, I did say to my wife, it's only, it's half past three in the UK. And my wife's home from work and she, she's bought these rather nice nibbles and brought a bottle of wine home. I said, do you think half past three is too early to crack the wine? And we've decided between us that we really probably ought to wait till five o'clock in the evening before we crack the wine. So I might have been having a glass of red too while I'm chatting to you. But instead of that, I'll tell you something else I missed. And um, this is on the show notes this week. I just wanted to thank uh, three listeners to the podcast for sending in um, their their photographs from the show. So I've got kind of three uh, tweets this week. Uh, Jeff Smith, uh, he tweeted me and he has been on a weekend walk and you'll see Jeff's photo where I am in, in, in the north of England. I think I'm sure Jeff's, Jeff's definitely further south than me. Can't remember whether he's in the north of England or not or Midlands, but uh, you, you're further south than me, Jeff. I know that. Um, it looks very green there and it's very autumnal where I live. So nice to see some green on the trees still. Um, so thank you very much, Jeff, for sending me that. That's great. And I was accompanying Jeff on his weekend walk. Um, also, uh, Julie Cordoner has tweeted me. Julie was in Durham. Durham's a place I got to go to, Julie. I need to look at Durham. Never been to Durham before. Beautiful view there. And um, Julie had been to the Writer's Block Workshop in Darlington. And uh, this is something I mentioned last week for Northeastern writers. I'd given Julie a tip off about it. And because um, sort of Julie's over that part of the world, she'd gone to one of the prep workshops that they were doing. So um, I'm pleased that was useful to Julie. And if we're both lucky, I may be seeing you in Middlesbrough. But I was I was having a little bit moment of doubt, actually. I, I, I still think this sci-fi book I've got, I don't think they'll pick me. I'm sure they won't. But anyhow, whatever, I've, I've submitted it. Um, and I'll let you know what happens with it. And um, also, uh, Edwin Dowman has tweeted me. Now, Edwin was at a book con last week and has sent me a lovely picture uh, from there. So thank you very much for that, Edwin. Edwin is a regular uh, tweeter, but it's great to see you. I know you go to, I don't know whether it's the same book con, but I know you regularly go to book con events. And these are great for networking. So thank you very much, Edwin, for tweeting that as well. And if you're listening to this right now and you've got your phone with you, and you're doing something that you can photograph <laughs> within reason, then please send me a photograph. I would love to add you to the show notes and give you a call out uh, on the show. So that's it. That generally is it for now. No extra bits. I'm going to go and eat my cheesy puffs and my chipsticks, and I'll be back with you next Saturday. <laughs>